You're now listening to the Fantasy Filler Podcast. Where we put you in the driver's seat every week, all year long. In the NASCAR racing world, from top news stories, latest results, and best fantasy lineups, we'll have you up to speed and out in front before the drop of the green flag. So let's dive in with our host, Vanilla Wafers. Ladies and gentlemen, we have now made it to the 2023 season as NASCAR makes the return to Daytona International Speedway for the Daytona 500. In today's episode, we're going to be diving into our top picks, drivers that you should go for for your third and fourth pick, and of course, the drivers to take a chance on. All that will be covered here on today's episode for the Fantasy Filler Podcast. I hope you all are doing really well, and in today's episode, we got more guests coming on once again. I think this might be a regular thing here for the podcast, just so you guys don't have to hear me the entire time. You can actually get other opinions here for each and every race, so why don't I introduce the guest here for today? First, starting us off, someone who always shares his opinion on social media, on Twitter, it is our good friend Will from NASCAR Opinions. How you doing today, Will? Man, I'm doing great. Uh, obviously, got off work a couple of hours ago. And as much as I sometimes have some opinions on the Daytona 500 that people may disagree with, this is one of my top three to five favorite weekends of the year. Me personally, it's going to be a weekend full of uh, filled with racing tonight, the Truck Series race. Xfinity and the Daytona 500 coming up over the weekend. Uh, both the dirt tracks that I race at have open practices. I'm going to try to go to both of those. So I'm going to get to see some real-life cars on the track for the first time this year as well. So right now, I am in heaven and uh, it could be a lot worse, I'll say that. Yeah, I think everyone right now who's racing fans is just so excited for three weekends in the entire season. It is Daytona weekend, Memorial Day weekend, and Labor Day weekend because you got racing going on the entire time. And I'm in the same boat as you. I wish I actually had some dirt tracks around me, but it is what it is. And our next guest here, he is from the Motorsports Ministry podcast unfortunately we had some audio problems with him last episode we have tested it this time he is good to go we have armani de paula how you doing armani well i'd be doing even better hopefully the mic will actually hold up and i can actually be better but doing pretty good taking some notes for my broadcast tomorrow it's going to be a busy day tomorrow for me got to broadcast a double header for baseball and then wrap it up with a flag football broadcast we won't talk about that that debut me for flag football but I'm looking really forward to the Daytona 500. It's one of my favorite races of the year. Kicks off the season, and that's how you know NASCAR is back. Absolutely, and I can't wait for it. Also, you said you're broadcasting a few baseball games and flag football. Is there anywhere we can find you on that for? Yes, yeah, so you could download the HBCU League Pass Plus app. Just go to the Channel 105, Florida Memorial University. Our first game is 10 a.m. tomorrow, and I believe the second game of the doubleheader will be 1 p.m., so... Yeah, so you can listen to me do some play-by-play, do some color, and then 6.30 you can listen to me do some flag football. So I'm excited for it. I've been waiting for this opportunity, and I'm ready. I don't know if you know this, Armani, but I used to be um, an announcer for my local town, and it was so much fun just to bring that excitement to the fans. So I know your excitement, and I bet you you're going to have a blast for those baseball games and flag football. Now, with that being said, we got to move on to the most important thing here because we could talk about baseball and flag football, but we are here to focus on NASCAR racing. And for the first time here this season, we are going to get our fantasy league started up here for the NASCAR fans 
fantasy filler group and we are going to pick our top drivers drivers to go for and drivers to take a gamble on all of that will be covered in today's episode so without further ado here are the top fantasy picks for week number one of the 2023 season Alrighty, so for everyone who is new to this style of format, this is what we do here on the Fantasy Filler Podcast. I am going to give everyone 15 drivers to work with. The reason why I do that, because in the fantasygames.nascar.com league, you pick six drivers every single week. You don't have to pick the same driver over and over. You get to pick on every single race. And now here's the catch. You can only pick one driver 10 different times in the regular season. So you got to be very smart on who you go with. You can't go with the top five in points for every single race because you're going to obviously run out by the 11th race. So that's why it's really smart to look at multiple drivers and truly think on who you want to consider to be in your fantasy group. So we're going to start off with the best of the best. These are the drivers that we think are going to not only score the most fantasy points, including stage points, but also run for the victory. We got 40 drivers to choose from. And I think I'm going to start it off here. I'm going to give these guys a moment to just think about which drivers they want to go with. I think one of the first top picks, I think this is an easy one that a lot of people have noticed right away. The forts are looking great. Specifically a driver that everyone's been counting on here at Team Penske. I think Ryan Blaney will finally be able to win the Daytona 500. He's been so close for so many years, had some really good finishes. He's obviously a great super speedway driver, just came up this close last year in the 2022 Daytona 500, where he finished fourth, but he led 36 laps. Do you guys agree? Do you think Ryan Blaney will be a good pick? I definitely think that, you know, the last couple of years, he has been involved in the finish, been close to the finish. Obviously, we know, I believe it was, what, 2020 with the Ryan Newman incident. He was right there. I mean, he was feet away from winning the Daytona 500. I think Ryan Blaney is one of the favorites rolling in there. Um, the only nervousness I have with Ryan is just there's some guys, and I, you know, I'm going to fall guilty to this as well because Ryan Blaney is actually one of my top five picks as well. That they've ran so well in this race recently, you almost feel like they are due to have a bad weekend in the 500. But going into with his potential, I mean, I think Blaney, I think he's one of the first few drivers you have to consider. Um, you know, I think the Fords are going to work very well with each other. I, Penske tends to, if, if the Penske train ever gets derailed, it is very late in the race. They tend to work with each other very, you know, great all the way through the event. So I think Blaney is definitely going to be a good pick rolling in to not only get points throughout the stages, but also stick around and try to be a part of the finish. I agree. I totally agree. Armani, do you have anything different to say? Do you like Ryan Blaney? So I'm currently looking at the betting odds on DraftKings Sportsbook. When I do the motorsport ministry, usually I have a segment dedicated to this stuff. And Ryan Blaney, he's actually second on the board. He's tied with a couple drivers at plus 1,200. For some reason, Kyle Larson is leading at plus 1,000, which people please stop betting on Kyle Larson. As a Kyle Larson fan, stop betting on Larson on a plate race. You have a better chance at betting on Cody Ware than Kyle Larson to finish oh. the 500. Wow, and dude. He- Throwing shots, my man. Just and throwing I love, shots. And I love Larson, but the man cannot finish a plate race to save his life. At least he's never finished in the top. Okay, I'm getting, I'm going off track. Ryan Blaney, he's my pick to win the Daytona 500 too. It just feels like he's due. It really has been between Joey Logano for me and Ryan Blaney. The reason I picked Blaney is because unlike 
you know, Joey Logano feels like recently he hasn't been able to really finish these races. He runs up front, but he never could see the checkered flag. Meanwhile, Ryan Blaney, he's seen the checkered flag pretty much every year, maybe minus 2021. So Ryan Blaney's got a couple runner-up finishes here. He knows how to finish the 500, and I think he's a great pick, and obviously he's my pick. Yep, and I just want to give you guys a quick rundown on how many laps he's led in each Daytona 500 in the last five years. Last year, led 36 laps. 2021, he got caught up in that early incident. I think it happened like within the first 20 laps. Led four laps in 2020, finished second. Uh, he wrecked out of the one in 2019, finished 31st, but he still led 13 laps. And then his biggest performance was in 2018, where he led 118 laps. So I think it's safe to say, Ryan Blaney, great pick. Now let's move on to the other manufacturers here that will be top picks. Looking at Chevrolet, there's a few names popping up right now, but at, if you watch the duels, you saw one driver going to a backup car, and I think that's really going to affect him. If you watch the duels, you 100% know who I'm talking about right now. So I think the top pick in the Chevrolet camp is going to still be Chase Elliott. Now, I, I think a few people will think, oh man, that's a that's a predictable pick. But guys, we, we got to just really just look at everything. At Talladega, he does great. Here at Daytona, he's been very close, multiple second place finishes. And besides the summer race last year, he usually finishes about 15th or better and leads about 20 or so laps. I don't mind having Chase Elliott as a top pick as a Chevrolet. Is there any other Chevrolets that you guys consider will be top picks here this weekend? I think, uh, you know, obviously if you watch the duels, you see one driver have a crash. And so I'm actually very intrigued in his teammate. And that is going to be Austin Dillon in the three car. Um, Austin Dillon has been able to find his way around the finish multiple times. Former Daytona 500 winner himself. Um, hopefully he can keep it clean in the stages. But another element of this whole thing, like you were explaining, is there is a little bit of driver management in these fantasy picks. What I like about Austin Dillon is, Austin Dillon, you're only going to really pick him a handful of weeks out of the year anyways, so use him in the Daytona 500. Um, I think he's going to be around. He's going to be one of the stronger Chevrolets. Um, his teammate Kyle Busch looked like he had a strong ride the other night, um, so hopefully, hopefully they can work together along with the other Chevrolets. I think Austin Dillon, I look at him as a value pick because I don't think he's going to cost you that much in the long run anyways. I don't think you're going to use Austin Dillon 10 times in the regular season. So this is the perfect place to put him in. They're going to have a fast car. Uh, I think, you know, obviously we've talked about Kyle Busch going to RCR. I think that's going to boost a lot of confidence for Austin Dillon, push him very hard. So Austin Dillon actually of that top five is the only Chevrolet that I put in there. The Hendrick cars are always hit or miss. It feels like either Byron or Bowman always get involved in an incident. Same with Larson. Chase Silly, they put their car towards the handling side this weekend, which I do like, but... He either seems like he's in the top five or he's nowhere to be found. So I'm going to go with Austin Dillon as my top Chevrolet pick for this weekend. Oh, thank God you talked for as long as you did. Uh, we don't have a video recording of this podcast, but I spilled beer all over my desk right when you said his name. I was like, oh, Jesus. So I was trying to listen to you as well as clean that up in the meantime. But I heard who you said to go with, Austin Dillon. Really do agree with that. I think maybe some people would say maybe more of a take-a-chance driver, but honestly... I can see him more as a top contender. He's got a victory at the Daytona 500. He won the most recent Daytona race. So, yeah, I, I completely agree with that one. A good one to go with as your number one, number two pick. Armani, who else do you have as a top pick here for this weekend? Well, if we're going to stick with the Chevrolet camp for right now, I got two in mind. First one I'm going to talk about is Eric Jones. Eric Jones in that 43 car. Look, 
He's got an extra teammate, Jimmy Johnson, which the report just came out that Johnson, along with Chase Elliott, is fastest in practice. So that 84 car has got some speed under him. So that should help Jones, who's always been a very, very underrated plate racer. Obviously got his first career win in Daytona back in 2018. So if we're going to stick with the Chevy camp, I'll go with Eric Jones. And another one I'll throw out there is Ross Chastain. He won a plate race last year at Talladega. He's very aggressive. His aggression may go a little overboard, but I think that's what you need when it comes to trying to win some of these plate races. So as for just other drivers in mind, speaking of beer, I'm going to go with the driver who is sponsored by beer, Bush Beer to be specifically. I'll go with Kevin Harvick. Harvick is a driver for a lot of years. I wanted to put as a top pick, but just never really panned out due to one reason or another. So I'll throw him in my mid-category. He's still a very capable play racer, and I would not be surprised to see him in the mix. All right. I uh, Thank you for giving that reference. And I also appreciate you not laughing at me when I said that. I'm kind of really surprised no one laughed at me after that one. But, yeah, uh, no, Kevin Harvick. Like no one can hear you laugh. can yeah. hear us laugh. That oh that is true. I had you guys muted, so you guys couldn't do it. Uh, great, I exposed myself. Anyways, uh, we're going way off topic. Yes, Kevin Harvick. So Kevin Harvick might be to some people as maybe just a top ten driver, but there's been quite a few races where he's led about I'd say about four to twenty laps. Now that doesn't sound like a lot, but there's a lot of people who do that and manage to get a lot of stage points. It doesn't matter how many laps you lead in the Daytona 500. It matters when you're leading. And we've seen people like Joey Logano, Kevin Harvick really stand up there at the end of the stages. And that's where it pays out. So Kevin Harvick as a top pick, although people might think of him more as a number three pick, I would seriously consider him a number one, number two pick, especially being his last Daytona 500. We saw people like Jeff Gordon dominate in his last race. Unfortunately, got caught up in the last lap incident. Kevin Harvick might do the same thing. So we got four drivers as top picks. I think we got to close it out with a Toyota. Uh, two Toyotas that pop up into mine immediately are Denny Hamlin, Bubba Wallace, and maybe a wild card as a top pick, Martin Truex Jr. Now, we can only pick one because I only said five top picks. So which of those three drivers do you think is head and shoulders for this weekend? Of course, you read off the three other drivers I had in this category. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I threw in Truex late uh, because Truex does tend to be near the front for a big portion of the race. Um, he's played around in a couple of these finishes as well, unfortunately. Not been able to win the Great American Race thus far. Uh so I'm going to take him off because if I'm picking between one or two top Toyotas, it's going to be either Hamlin or Bubba Wallace. Uh, the only thing my nervousness about Bubba Wallace is he has been around the front of these things for so many years now. It's like one of these years he's not going to be involved in this finish. But uh, something tells me this year could be special for the 23 team. But if you are going to pick one Toyota, uh, I think you have to go Denny Hamlin. Now, I will say – you are going to kind of have to weigh yourself a little bit. I think Bubba may be around a little bit more for the stages, and I think Denny may be around more towards the end. Denny tends to pace himself. Uh, you may see him sneak up, and especially if strategy gets involved to get a couple of stage points. But I feel like if you're picking one, you got to go Denny Hamlin. I mean, he's a three-time Daytona 500 champion, trying to go and be the third driver to win four or more Daytona 500s, believe joining Kel Yarborough and Richard Petty. Uh, Hamlin is a hard one to turn down, especially apparently the other night on Twitter. He said he loves his race car. So if Hamlin can stay clean, I think it is hard to not pick the number FedEx or the number 11 FedEx Toyota. I 
<laughs> those side numbers are really messing with you now. They moved them forward, put the sponsorship, so now we say the FedEx car rather than the number 11 car. <laughs> Armani, uh, do you agree with Will? Do you think Denny Hamlin's the top pick? you got to go with Denny Hamlin, three-time Daytona 5-running champion, always seems to be in the mix. Bubble Wallace is a clear number two. Because the thing is, after those two, I feel like it's really just, you know, sticking your hand in the hat and see what number you pick out. I will say, though, Bell, Christopher Bell could be a sneaky good pick. He's always been up front at these play races, just hasn't been able to get it done. So if I had to pick a number three, I'd have to go with the 20. But in my opinion, the 23 and the 11, they just separated themselves in terms of the Toyota camp. All righty. So it sounds like you're with Denny Hamlin as well with Bubba Wallace being a close second. Yep, I'm going to make it three for three. Guys, average running position. He's running around the top 10 the entire race. Now, that doesn't sound super impressive when you think about comparing it to other races, but at Super Speedway where you can go from first to 27th in just one lap, that's very important. Hardly anybody has an average running position of about like ninth or better and Denny Hamlin is one of them and also has led minus the 2022 race where he got caught up in an early incident he has been able to lead 30 or more laps in the last four Daytona 500s definitely a great pick so those are the top five picks that we feel like can not only score a bunch of stage points as well as fantasy points for you but also run for the victory we have the number 12 of ryan blaney the number nine of chase elliott the number three of austin Dillon, the number four of kevin harvick and the number 11 of denny hamlin Alrighty, so five more drivers to go with. I know we threw a bunch of names out there, but it was clear that we had head and shoulders on a few of them. Do you guys feel like Eric Jones is a good number three pick? I, I heard his name pop up. Do you guys like him on your fantasy roster? Uh, you know, I think having the addition of Jimmy Johnson, whose car seems to have some pretty good speed, helps. Uh, Noah Gregson, I think, is really kind of a toss-up. Uh, Noah... Not his first 500, but obviously first full-time ride in the Cup Series. I think he's kind of finding himself in the mix of not tearing this car up, but wanting to have a good showing in the 500. I think Noah could potentially get a little antsy. We'll see, though. I mean, I think Jones is a value pick. I don't, I don't think it hurts to, to pick him here. Again, if you kind of look what I said about Austin Dillon, um, realistically, how many times are you going to want to pick Eric Jones in your top five anyways? I mean, if you're a big Eric Jones fan, you're really confident what that team is doing, maybe you want to save him. But for me, I mean, this is the perfect kind of place to throw him out there. Uh, you're not really hurting yourself in terms of the overall span of the season. So, you know, why not throw the 43 car out there? Um, I think that team could be fun to watch, especially if Jimmy Johnson can get towards the front. And I think if Johnson's there, Jones is probably not far away. So, is it necessarily my first pick? Not necessarily, but I, you know, I think if you pick him, I don't necessarily think it is a bad pick to have him on your roster. All right, fair enough, fair enough. Armani, who do you have as another uh, pretty good pick here for like your third or fourth spot? Not necessarily for the victory, but could get those stage points for you. I'm going to throw a name out there, Chris Busher. He's a driver who's always been up, you know, he always seems to find his way towards the front, especially late in these races. He might not get you the most stage points. You know, he probably might finish around that ninth to 10th area more times than not. But at the end of the race, where basically most of the points are paid, you're thinking to yourself, what's that 17 car doing in the top five? So Chris Busher, that's a name that I really like a lot. Obviously, I already mentioned Kevin Harvick's name. So I... Like, I'm looking at my list right now. I got basically all but one Ford, so. 
Yeah, it's going to be really hard to shy away from the Fords. I mean, Chris Buescher, he he's been a he's been a sleeper pick for a lot of people for a very long time when it comes to super speedways. There's a good reason. I mean, his finishes there have been impressive in the last six Daytona races. This is including the summer races. His worst finish was a 17th place finish. I mean, all the other times he's finishing about 12th or better. Three of those finishes were top five finishes. And let me tell you guys, when you compare to other, oh my goodness, I'm sorry. I looked at Bubba Wallace's state. <laughs> no, Chris Busher is a top 10 runner. I'm sorry, guys. I, I've thrown everything off. He's also a really good pick running around the top 10s. Uh, average running position around 13th. But hey, another good guy to go with. At, like I just said, Bubba Wallace. I think Bubba Wallace is a pretty good pick there. And uh, as his stats have said... <laughs> Oh, man, I'm going to have fun editing this. His last six finishes, 17th or better, and three top five finishes. Average running position around 12th. If you're not going to have him as a top pick, you still want him on your fantasy roster because the man runs so well here at Daytona, whether he's running with Richard Petty Motorsports or 2311. He's been successful with both those cars. Did you drink... Uh, yes, yes. We, we we already talked about that. I spilled half my beer onto the desk. The other half was already went to my stomach, and I am seeing doubles. Uh, we, we don't got to talk about my drinking problems, okay? We we, we just got to focus on the most important things, and that is fantasy picks. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's all. We, you know, we'll have a little bit of fun after the podcast as well, but I oh, think the other thing you have to acknowledge with these drivers, and I think it's something you look at with both Bubba, uh, Bubba Wallace and Chris Busher, is who are their teammates? Do they have good help? Uh, Busher, who is, you know, all of us are in another little pick'em league where we're just having a little bit of fun with one of our other buddies. He is my pick in that league. Um, I just think Busher is going to be just a little value pick on Sunday. But uh, his teammate, Brad Keselowski, I mean, Keselowski, now that could be another driver you want to think about throwing on your roster. But, I, you know, I could go with Busher because Keselowski is also an aggressive teammate. Keselowski is great at plate racing, um, and he is going to do whatever it takes to try to be towards the front um, for the finish. You look at Bubba Wallace, look at the teammates he's got. I think Tyler Reddick is going to be another young driver out to prove himself, making the switch from RCR to 2311 this year. Not really worried about Travis Pastrana. Uh, I don't really know if that adds a ton of value right now. I mean, the car is fast, but I just don't know if Travis uh, – he has so much inexperience. I don't know if that's going to be really of a value to you to try to win the 500. But Denny Hamlin, obviously Hamlin's going to look out for himself. And uh, Hamlin is technically, not technically, a, a teammate to Bubba Wallace, but he's the car owner. So, you know, he's going to do what he can to help his car as well. Um, you know, Bubba Wallace is going to have some very fast friends out there, so I think that is something to watch. Uh, so I agree. I think you've got to have him here. All right, fair enough. Yeah, definitely. Now, speaking of teammates, I'm going to give you guys three drivers, and these are all really good drivers to consider uh, that could be really good teammates and could be really good picks here, but you can only pick one, so I'm going to really mix this up. You mentioned Brad Keselowski did really good in the duels last year, as well as this year as well. I believe he finished fourth in his duel, has a very fast race car, all of RFK does. You have Tyler Reddick moving on over to 2311 with Bubba Wallace. Tyler Reddick has looked really good here at Super Speedways. But how is he going to do with the Toyota? That is that is still left to be determined. And last year's winner, Austin Sindrick in the number two, who was able to win the Daytona 500 after leading 21 last, but he also finished in the top three in the summer race and finished third. If you had to pick one of these drivers, who are you going with and why? 
I think I think Cendric is another value pick. Uh, I mean, I think he could do what he did last year. He kind of just floated around, hung around, kind of didn't really even see that he was there for a chunk of time, and then there he is. You know, obviously in a Penske car, we've talked about how Logano and Blaney could be favorites to win the race. Well, they're obviously they're going to also work with their third teammate and. Heck, I mean, he won the Daytona 500 last year. So uh, while I don't know if history is necessarily in his favor to go back-to-back, back, we're talking about points here. We're talking about someone who is going to keep the car clean. I mean, I think Cindric definitely um, has that ability, and I think that is something to definitely watch. I mean, the two-car, uh, it, it feels like everybody we're talking ourselves into pretty much. We're talking into everybody. I mean, Brad Keselowski, you could talk yourself into him. Tyler Reddick, he's probably the one of the three I'm the least confident in just because Reddick is – We've seen him out front in plate racing, but to me, he hadn't proved a ton yet to really say that he's got a lot of chops there. But uh, Cedric's not bad. Keselowski's not bad. None of them are bad. Just pick all of them at this point. <laughs> Even over, like, Ryan Blaney, Chase Elliott, Austin Dillon, those guys? I wouldn't go that far. We'll, okay, uh, okay. We'll, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll go Cedric as a nice value pick, though. I think he's going to be around. Um, again, the rails tend to fall off for the Penske cars at the end of the race. So as long as they can avoid, you know, avoid the carnage, you're still looking at probably a top 20-25 finish, even if you wreck yourselves at the end of the race, um, going for the win. So I think either way, those cars are most likely going to be around. So Cindric is probably the most the one you have the most confidence in in that situation. All right, Motorsports Ministry, bless us with your decision here. Who do you got? Thus the Lord said, thou shalt pick Austin Cindric. I really like Austin Cindric as a pick especially from a fantasy perspective, because when are you really going to pick Austin Centric that many times throughout the year? Obviously, you got the road courses, but, I mean, what better time to pick the two-car than in the race that he won last year as a rookie? Yeah, absolutely. I... I agree with you. Austin Sindrick, probably his top tracks have been the super speedways and road courses. I'd say almost similar to Tyler Reddick, but I think you definitely feel more confident with Austin Sindrick at a super speedway rather than Tyler Reddick at a super speedway. Brad Keselowski making steps in the right direction, just not at the same level as other drivers. And I'm going to close out this pretty good category with a driver that I feel bad we left out for this long, but there's a reason for it. And I'm pretty sure these guys know it as well. You got to include his teammate. The number 22 of Joey Logano, probably one of the most um, dominant drivers at the super speedway races from stage one and two. Now, after stage two, things get very dicey for the for that number 22 Penzoil machine. And you've seen it in his finishes, even though he has led in every single Daytona 500 as well as Daytona summer race in the last four years. He only has one top 10 finish. All his other finishes, 12th through 27th. But do remember one thing, his average running position is right around the top 10. And this man is known for getting stage points. So if you want to feel confident with a pick, but maybe not too confident in a finish as your number fourth pick, Joey Logano might be that guy. I don't know how you guys feel about Joey Logano. Obviously, he's going to have a fast car, but do you think he can make it to the finish? That's the most important question. I mean, obviously, if we had that answer, you feel like he'd have to be your 500 pick because you know he's going to be fast. Yeah. The problem you have there, though, is you just know, with the the way this package is with these cars right now, um, and it has evolved over the last handful of years, the way it is right now, you cannot throw those late race blocks and not cause a crash. Um, 
the cars are just a little bit too offset with the bumpers and everything. I mean, we've seen it uh, the other night. We see an incident in the dual race because drivers just pushing too hard. These cars do not give way to bad blocks. And Joey Logano, if he is on the last lap and has a shot to win and someone has a run, he will throw a terrible block at some point. So a great pick in this situation. Um, you know, I do feel like you could find better guys to, to fill that void. Um, but Joey's going to be fast. I mean, obviously, he has a knack for getting the stage points. You know, you may be able to ensure yourself some points on the front end, have to worry a little bit on the back end, but uh, you feel confident the 22 is going to get you some kind of value, but if you're trying to just go for winners here, I'd be a little bit nervous with the 22. Yeah, totally. It, it just it just scares me. It, I mean, even last year I said on, uh, I think it was Johnny on the Tracks podcast, I said that he was not going to be the one to win the Daytona 500, and even then, everyone's just like, man, he's got the fastest car, he was looking good at the duels, even though he got caught up in that incident, he's still going to have a great car, and he did, but he just can't keep the car clean near the end, and like you said with his next-gen car, it can't take bad blocks, and unfortunately for the, all the Joey Logano fans, you just got to admit it. The, the man makes really, really gutsy blocks and some that he should not do. Kyle Busch said himself, he's a two-faced driver. He even admitted it. I, I don't know if you would want to admit that or not, but at least Joey Logano is man enough to do that. And unfortunately, what, what comes with that is you're going to block some people that you were trying to be friends with earlier in the race. And that's probably what you're going to expect out of Joey Logano. So those are the guys that you should consider here as your third or fourth picks, maybe even fifth picks. We got the number 43 of Eric Jones, the number 17 of Chris Buescher, the 23 of Bubba Wallace, the number two of Austin Sindrick, and the number 22 of Joey Logano. Alrighty, so for this area of the show, gosh, there's so many drivers to choose from here. This is where super speedways get really annoying for fantasy picks because basically at this point, you're just praying that your drivers don't get caught up in the big one. That's where these guys fall under. And there's a lot of good options here, and there's also some options that you feel like you would use for a lot of other races, but do you really want to take that gamble here at the first race of the season? Now, I think a good driver to take a gamble on here would be probably a driver that you have um, running part-time. And the reason why is, like I said, it's a very unpredictable race. And maybe you don't want to use your picks of drivers who are going to struggle. And I think a good one to go with, he made it into the Daytona 500 thanks to his dual finish. I like the number 36 of Zane Smith. In fact, I like Zane Smith so much for this race because I feel like, one, this is probably going to be his strongest race of the season. Front Row Motorsports has some great cars for super speedways. Other racetracks, they have been making improvements. Michael McDowell, we'll probably talk about him in a little bit, had a great performance last year for the equipment he had. However, I feel like Zane Smith could be head and shoulders in that number 36 car as being a good sneaky pick to go with. I'm actually using him as my first pick here in a one race off uh, fantasy lineup, and I'm going with that number 36 car. Do you guys like that pick, or do you guys think another driver would be better to take a gamble on? You know, Zane, Zane, Zane Smith is definitely somebody that I had on my short list as well. Uh, you know... I, even though this is kind of a hot take, I think he's the best driver on the Front Row Motorsports roster. Um, you know, Michael McDowell is a former Daytona 500 champion, but I think Zane Smith's just a, a better – he's a hot commodity. He's a hot wheel. 
Um, he's going to be running full-time cup either next year or in two years. I mean, he is coming for those opportunities in the cup series. There's a reason Ford locked him up. I think he's a, a really good pick. I think one organization, though, that you may need to watch here, and I don't think you can go wrong with either one of their drivers. I know Armani is very high on this. Colleague Racing. I think either Justin Haley or A.J. Allmendinger are fantastic under-the-radar picks to win the Daytona 500. Uh People, you know, you could throw around the stat that Justin Haley has a plate win in the Cup Series. He does, he doesn't. He won it under rain. He did nothing to win that race. It wasn't like he was battling up front and they did. They just literally stayed out and won it. Um, but that team, if you remember, College Racing made a name for themselves originally on Super Speedway Racing. They know yeah. how to work as an organization. Obviously, they would have learned, loved to have had the third car of Chandler Smith, who did not make the race, in there. But this is what they do. They know how to work together to get to the end of the race. Um, so I think either A.J. Allmendinger or Justin Haley, I think either one, flip a coin and pick one of them, I think they would be fantastic under-the-radar picks heading into Sunday. All righty, and Armani, well, you've been kind of quiet over there. We've been cutting you off every single time. Who do you got as a good driver to take a chance on? Well, we'll pretty much set it spot on. I'm going to go with Justin Haley. In fact, Haley is... You mentioned that little pick'em leak that we have on the side. Haley actually is my pick. It was really down between him and Jimmy Johnson. I like Jimmy Johnson because, I mean, two-time Daytona 500 champ. He's fast in practice, as was reported just a couple minutes ago. But like Jimmy, he's got the experience. Obviously not the experience with the next-gen car. But, I mean, you can't take away over 20-plus years of experience in the Cup Series and not translate that somehow especially when you have multiple wins of this style of racing. And Justin Haley, he's always finds a way to, to be up front. I remember when I was at the Coke Zero Sugar 400, you know, just last year, and Haley was up front for a good portion of that race until, obviously, the rain wreck. So Jimmy and Haley are my two picks. All right, yeah, Jimmy Johnson. Yeah, A lot of people were very scared about Jimmy Johnson coming back. And I can understand it. It was a it was a rough last two full seasons for him. Goes to IndyCar, struggles there as well. Except for the oval tracks, he did show a little bit of better performance there compared to the road courses. But like you just said, first practice is already done. We're we're recording this on Friday afternoon, and the fastest driver was not someone from Henrik Motorsports. I think a lot of people thought it was going to be that. How about the two-time Daytona 500 winner of Jimmy Johnson in that 84 car? And he's similar to Zane Smith, part-time driver. You probably want to save some other drivers. And he actually is looking really good. If you think Eric Jones and Noah Gregson could be factors in this race, you cannot count out Jimmy Johnson. Yes, it was a rough final couple of seasons, but I think this it's it's definitely different compared to driving that 48 car. He's doing this for himself. He's not doing it for a team. He's doing it for his own team, which will just be focused on him. I, I like the 84 car as well. I think that's a good driver to take a chance on. Two more drivers to really consider. We we talked about it. I'm going to throw this one in real quickly because I don't think either of these guys are going to mind it. Michael McDowell in 34. You, you, you can't count out Michael McDowell. If there is a racetrack that you're going to use him for that you feel the most confident, it's here at a super speedway, mostly Daytona. And even though he led that one lap in 2021 and won the Daytona 500, people would say that's a fluke. Well, when it comes to the Daytona 500 as a whole, last five events, 14th place or better, 7th in 2022, 14th in 2020, 15th in, or not 15th, 5th in 2019, and 9th place in 2018. 
Those are really good finishes for a driver I know people are not going to use nearly as much as drivers from Henrik Motorsports or Joe Gibbs Racing. And that just leaves us with one final driver. I'm going to leave it open for you guys. Pick whoever you think will be another drive, the last driver to take a gamble on. It doesn't matter who's first. Just throw a driver out there. We have some good ones here, but I think there's this one more uh, um, out there that we could really throw here on this roster. If, if we're just throwing stuff at a wall here, I'm a little nervous because I think he could actually end up being an emotional pick more than necessarily the smartest pick. But if you're just going to throw something at the wall, you're willing to just put your, we'll say, put your nuts on the table and throw something out there. Corey LaJoy. Put Corey nice. LaJoy on that roster. Yes, Corey LaJoy. For those who do not know, last three Daytona 500s, 14th place or better. He, he may not score stage points, but the man can somehow, some way, stay out of incidents. And he was also there at the end for the Atlanta race. A little bit different of a super speedway, but runs si similar at the same time to Daytona and Talladega. I don't mind Corey LaJoy with Spire Motorsports. In fact, if you're doing those one race off ones, that might not be a bad driver to even go for for this first race of the season. Armani, who do you got as your final one? All right, let me slap my notes on the table real quick. All right, let me give you my answer. So I'm going to go with the rookie. I'm actually going to go with Noah Gregson. Now, this one might be a little bit literally just throwing a dart just in complete darkness, but Gregson does have a couple of, I believe he has one Xfinity win at Daytona, which obviously Xfinity is completely different from these next-gen cars, but I mean, he knows how to get around a plate race, and listen, he's got Jimmy Johnson as a teammate, got Eric Jones as a teammate, he's got proven Daytona winners on his team. So I, you know, if cards fall the right way, I could see Noah Gregson having a decent little Daytona 500 run. Yeah, you know, if you have the right equipment, you can run up near the front. And Noah Gregson, we, we know the talent there. He did great in the X-Fandy series. I, I think, what was it? Was it the month of September or the month of August he won every single race um, for, that, for that month? Do you guys remember? I believe it was September. September. Okay. I, I know there's another person called Mr. September uh, all for all the Harry Gant fans, but yes, Noah Gregson was collecting so many victories last year when he was with the right equipment. And for this weekend, according to Jimmy Johnson with his great run, according to Eric Jones with his good runs in that number 43 car last year at Talladega, that's probably not a bad idea. It's going to be interesting to see what that rookie can do this year. So those are the five slash six drivers to go for here as a little bit of a gamble. You're not going to use them too much here this season, but here for this race, you can feel more comfortable than other races. We got the number 36 of Zane Smith, one of the Colic racing cars. I think we'll lean more towards Justin Haley for the number 31, the number 84 of Jimmy Johnson, the number 34 of Michael McDowell. And then for the final spot, we got Corey LaJoy in the set or the number 42 of Noah Gregson. So those are our top 15 slash 16 drivers that we feel like will be good options here for this week in NASCAR Fantasy. Now before we move on, let's point out a couple drivers who didn't make the cut that I find kind of surprising. I think the first one we got to throw out there immediately is Kyle Busch. Nobody picked Kyle Busch. Do we think that that backup car is going to be that much of an issue for Richard Childress Racing? I mean, I th the cars are almost virtually prepared the same, but I, I don't know. That first car felt like it was a bullet. I mean, it looked fast. 
Um, Kyle was one of the faster Chevrolets outside of the Hendrick camp, but you know, I think Kyle Busch, uh, he looked like he had a rocket ship the other night in the duel before, obviously. Ended up getting crashed, having to go to a backup. But usually your backup is a backup for a reason. And these days, heck, half the time they have a backup for the whole organization, not even for each car. So I'm sure they're prepared almost identical, but I don't know. I felt really good about that eight car. And there's a reason Kyle Busch is not around a lot of pick'em circles here this weekend. He is not known for being at the end of the Daytona 500. He has yet to win the event. I don't even remember what the closest he has come. I don't think he's even really been close to winning the 500. I mean, I don't remember myself any late races where he was kind of right there and leading laps towards the end. He's just usually not one of the guys you lean for, lean towards this weekend. Really, plate racing in general, but especially this weekend. Uh, fair enough. Fair enough. He's he's kind of similar to Brad Keselowski. Now, um, that was another guy who missed it off. And for for me personally, he he falls in that category of yes, you know he's going to run good, but is he going to be there at the finish? And he hasn't really shown that recently at this race. Very close in twenty twenty one. But then his teammate blocked him, and he got taken out, and Michael McDowell obviously wasn't going to let up right there, and it cost him an opportunity to run for the victory. Kyle Busch has been in a similar situation like that here multiple times in the Daytona 500, can lead laps, but similar to Joey Logano, it's hard for him to finish. We also have another driver that I think is a kind of a surprise that didn't make it on here. The pole sitter himself, Alex Bowman. Yes, he was able to start on the front row for the fifth straight time here at the Daytona 500, which is an impressive feat in itself, but none of us decided to throw his name out. Uh, Armani, why do you think that is the case? Well, qualifying is just so different from race pacing. It feels like Bowman, he does, he loses the, it feels like Bowman always loses the lead very quickly. Like, when you look at the top 10 stats, especially when it comes to laps, you know, you look at the top three, the top five drivers, you just never see Alex Bowman's name up there. Feels like he gets the lead for a couple laps or he gets the lead for maybe one or two laps and then he just complete, then he just gets overtaken by a different driver. So, hey, you can qualify up front, but he hasn't really shown the ability to maintain that. If he could show that he can stay up front, stay in that front pack, stay with it in at least the top five, top three, then maybe I'd be more inclined, but he just hasn't shown that ability. Yeah, and you're right about that stat. Uh, he, 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 Like we said, he's qualified up front. But here's how many laps he's led in the last five. This is all five Daytona 500s put together. Great, and, and remind you, he either starts first or second in, each, in all these races. 17 laps. 13 of those laps coming from one Daytona 500. So that means he's only leading one or two laps every single race, and he's not there at the end. And also something to add, I can't remember the statistic, I don't remember the exact thing, but it has been a long time since anyone on the front row has won the Daytona 500. Um, now again, obviously you want to consider stage stage points and stuff like that, but a big chunk of your points are going to come from where they finish, and Bowman and them on the front row tend to not be able to take advantage of it. And let's be honest with the current package, there is no true blue advantage to being on the front row with the 500. So I think that's another reason. It's just you have a, you have a feeling every year we have the same feeling with him and Byron, and you could probably throw Larson into the same group. They're going to be fast. We're going to go roll through this, and at some point they are going to be involved in a crash. They're going to do something and make a mistake, and their race day is going to be over with. It happens every single year in the Hendrick camp um, you know, for Daytona. There's a reason Hendrick Motorsports has not won the Daytona 500 since 2013. Yeah, that is true. You you can be the fastest guy in qualifying, but that doesn't guarantee you're going to be the guy to beat 
here for this race. And Alex Bowman and Kyle Larson are perfect examples. On that note, Kyle Larson, he's not a he's another option. And people are, are having him as a high bet. Armani said the best. Guys, there's way better races to rely on Larson. Out of every super speedway he has ever uh, ran at, he's only finished in the top five once. Once. And I think that was the, one of the Talladega races. Do you really want to trust Kyle Larson, who's going to be a front runner the entire season here at the Daytona 500? I don't, and I don't think you want to do that as well. So this is going to be new for Will and Armani. I'm going to run through the rest of these drivers here real quickly, the other drivers that we decided not to go with here. From lowest to highest number, we got the number one of Ross Chastain. He's he's going to be great, I think, once again here this year. Short tracks and road courses, maybe some of the mile and a halves will be ideal for the number one machine, but not all throughout the super speedway races. Not really the greatest finishes here at Daytona. Maybe Talladega, but definitely not Daytona. Then after that, we have the number eight of Kyle Busch. We talked about that. He's going to be in a backup car, so we're kind of a little bit unsure on what he's going to be doing there. The number 10 of Eric Amarola, he won a duel, but his finishes recently have been kind of atrocious here at the Daytona 500. He did get a top five finish in 2022, but do you want to rely on that when his last three finishes were 22nd or worse? I don't really want to rely on that, and I don't think you guys really want to as well. Uh, Chase Briscoe, only one good finish here at Daytona in his last four attempts. Not feeling too confident about that. He's running as a Ford, and we know Fords are going to be doing good, but overall, there's way better Fords to go with besides Chase Briscoe. Then you got the number 15 of Riley Herbst. Rick Rare Racing Cars, they're just there. Unfortunately, the only chance they're going to be finishing up front is if there's a big accident, they avoid it, which is uh, pretty impressive for those smaller teams. But you don't want to rely on that when making your picks. AJ Allmendinger, I, I, he, he kind of fits with Colic Racing. He's going to be right there in the mix, so you could put him in your fantasy draft. But I think people feel more comfortable with Justin Haley, which is totally understandable. The number 19 of Martin Trex Jr., another driver that we feel like could lead some laps, but he hasn't been there at the finish recently and i don't know if i would want to rely on him i'd rather rely on more of like joey logano or maybe even ryan blaney when it comes to trying to get good stage finishes i don't think that's going to be really good for martin trex jr as far as that goes uh the number 20 of christopher bell no top 10 finishes here at daytona yeah you want to move on from him harrison burton it's been a struggle for um him with wood brothers racing Uh, they still are trying to find their footing together and i don't think it's going to happen here at daytona the number 24 of William Byron, not even a top 20 finish in the last five years here at Daytona. I like William Byron. I will, really do. But you got to be smart here. You got to pick somebody else right now. And William Byron, his only goal is just to not wreck in this race. And that's a pretty sad goal for someone that you're considering as being on your fantasy group. The number 38, Todd Gillen, no top 20 finishes here in the Cup Series. We'll just move on from that. Uh, Ryan Priest in the 41, good run at the um, Coliseum. And even in 2021, he finished fourth and sixth in those Daytona races. I think we still want to figure out what he's going to be able to do with Stuart Haas Racing. Remember, that 41 car last year was with Cole Custer, and we know how bad he was struggling. But we got to see if it was Cole Custer himself or the car as a whole. And then after that, the number 45, a Tyler Reddick. Tyler Reddick, I think he's in a similar spot for most of us. We're trying to figure out on what we're going to do on how he's going to do with this 2311 team. He's got good teammates. Uh, with Denny Hamlin and Bubba Wallace. Yes, Denny Hamlin's with a different team, but that's his team. So he might do good there, but if you're going to pick out of these three drivers, he's definitely in third spot. So that's why we left him off. 
Then uh, Alex Bowen, we just talked about him in the 48. The number 47 of Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Not one top 10 at Daytona in the last five years. Moving on. Uh, Cody Ware, same same exact thing. He got that top 10 in the summer race, but finished six because everyone else wrecked out. Don't feel too confident about that. The number 50 of Connor Daly. Uh, do we really need to say more about him? Moving on. The number 77 of Ty Dillon. Yes, he was able to get some decent finishes when he was with the number 13 team with Jermaine Racing. This is obviously not that same team. If you're going to go for a Spire Motorsports car, go with Corey LaJoy. Ty Dillon, he, he's trying to get a top 20. That's what you can expect out of him. And then we got the number 78 of BJ McLeod. If you're going to ever pick about Daytona, it's going to be the summer race and not here in the Daytona 500. He's just here to really just run the race, keep his nose clean, but he's not going to be running for the victory. The number 99 of Daniel Suarez just really hasn't had a good finish here when it comes to Daytona. Best finish in the last five years, 18th place, and has only led 21 laps. Don't feel too comfortable with him at all. And then finally, we're closing out with the number 67 of Travis Pastrana. Hey, it's great that he was able to make it into the 500. I think a lot of people are excited about it. But let's be honest here. He, he's going to be in a similar situation as the other rookies. We just feel like he's just there to learn right now. He's not going to be running for the victory, but we are grateful to see him in this race. And ladies and gentlemen, that was all the drivers here on the entry list for the Daytona 500. And that will conclude today's episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. It's been a really fun episode with Will and Armani here. I really do enjoy having guests on here. Like I said, I, I want this to be a regular thing. And maybe we'll even have more guests coming on here to get different opinions. Will and Armani, did you enjoy today's episode? Well, you know, aside from having to deal with Armani occasionally, yeah, it was pretty good. I enjoyed it. Uh, me and him are quote-unquote teammates, so we're always poking fun at each other. And, uh, you know, obviously just getting in that racing mindset, going to watch some truck racing here in just a little bit. Uh, you know, it, it's race season, so, you know, it, it's a fun time of the year to be able to talk about these things. It's been two months since we've been able to really discuss anything of this nature. So I had a good time. Um, obviously, we picked about the entire field, so we're going to be right at the end of the day. Oh hell yeah, absolutely. We we pulled a we pulled a chapter out of Johnny on the track when it comes to gambling, but we're doing it with fantasy. So we're gonna get this right, that is for sure. <laughs> Armani, what do you guys say? Did you enjoy today's episode? Yeah, I enjoyed today's episode. It was a lot of fun. Thanks for having me on. I'm still trying to figure out why you're a William Byron fan, but I guess the world may never know. But other than that, I really enjoyed today's episode. I why are you a William Byron fan? I am just loyal to the 24 car. Jeff Gordon drove it, and at this point, it's just more of a loyalty to the number. Sometimes you just got to go with them through thick and thin. Like these guys, it, it's a shameful thing, I'm going to admit, and I'm probably going to lose 50% of the listeners after I say this. I'm I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan, and it's brutal being a Dallas Cowboys uh, fan. You always uh, think it's going to be your season. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. See, you, you're hated by everyone, and you always think it's going to be your season. Then the playoffs happen, and then reality hits, and you lose the wild card game. But I stay loyal with them because I felt like since I've been with them since the beginning of watching football, 
I got to stay with the Dallas Cowboys. Same thing with NASCAR. I've been a fan of the 24 car. And William Byron may not be the best driver in that 24 car. Actually, I think uh, out of the three drivers in there, he might be the worst one. But I'm still going to be rooting for him every single race because I'm a fan of that 24. Now, so that is my reason there. And on that note, why don't we close it up? Uh, Will, where can we find you at on the social media world? Where can we find your opinions? So personally, obviously on Twitter, at NASCAR underscore opinion. I'm sure I'll be tweeting tonight and over the weekend about all the races going on. But I do some social media for some other uh, some other racing-related things. Two dirt tracks, Livonia Speedway and Cherokee Speedway. And then a sprint car series here in the Carolinas, the Carolina Sprint Tour. So if you want to search them, check them out. Anytime you support them, you are supporting me as well. All right, and Armani, where can we enter the ministry and your podcast? Well, they're the same thing. Where can we find you, Armani? Not much going on on YouTube, just not really much going on in general, but working on some things, potentially going to be moving to a new location to shoot the ministry, so hopefully I'll have news on that soon. You can find me on my social medias. It's either going to be Motor Minister or my name, Armani DePaul, so you can find me on those. And if you want to listen to me broadcast, once again, the HBCU League Pass Plus app. Go to Channel 105, which is the Florida Memorial University app. That's the school I go to, and I broadcast basically all, if not most, of their home games. So if you want to support me on that front, check that out. Download the app and listen today. All right, sounds good. And for me, guys, you already know where you can find me. Just look up Vanilla Wafer on either Twitter, TikTok, or YouTube. I post daily NASCAR videos on Twitter, or not Twitter, sorry, TikTok, and um, guess the NASCAR drivers, NASCAR therapy, and also I'm trying to search for Mario Andretti. Similar to last episode, still no luck there, but you know what? It's all in good fun. Uh, YouTube, I'm getting ready to post a video for you guys before the Daytona 500. It will be the 10 greatest drivers to never win the Great American Race. I'm pretty excited about that one. And Twitter, if you want to just talk to me during race day, you can on there. I'm usually very responsive to all the fans, try to get to you as fast as I can, and I just basically share whatever on my mind. Some of it is barely PC, and then other stuff is just like, oh my gosh, why would you share that? So that's what makes it all fun. So again, thank you guys so much for joining today's episode. I have been your host, Vanilla Wafers. I have been able to lead you to the front of the field, so why don't we grab that checkered flag, do some burnouts, and head on out. So you all take care. This has been the Fantasy Filler Podcast.